Here's the thing about your movie, why I made a curator's pick of the Hollywood Fringe Come on in as we do what we do on this special episode of TFR Podcast Live. That's hashtag TFR Podcast Live presents Observations by Crazy D with my special host, my sister, Tanya M. Congress. What's going on with you this morning? Uh, things are great. Uh, before I move on, are you hearing me double? No, I'm not. We're hearing you single. Okay, right. perfect. And there's no feedback. Because what's strange is I'm speaking through my microphone through the headset. Um, but I'm hearing through my speakers. Okay. So if you're talking, I don't want you to hear yourself back. Because this is right. not how I set this. <laughs> so uh, keep man. talking and see if you hear yourself back. No, I don't hear. I don't hear myself at all. It's crystal clear. Well, this is I, perfect I because you don't have to. You're not having to go in. This is perfect. You're not having to go in and mute me yet. But you're talking to me though. Uh, so okay, we'll just leave. Okay, we'll leave it as is then. Yes, yes, yes. So here we are, people. We are live on all platforms on hashtag TFR Podcast Live OB. We are streaming live on Periscope, on Vimeo, on FB, and on the Film Review Life Channel. That's right, the Film Review Life Channel. Make sure that you, uh, make sure that you smash the like button, the share button, the subscribe button on the Film Review Life channel. The Film Review Life channel on YouTube. And we have the message, the chat box open, so we're gonna be able to hear what you're talking about and be able to read what you're saying. And also, the phone lines are open at 213-943-3358. 213-943-3358, right? The topic for today, speculation. Who knew what, when, where, how, why, and who left their post when he or she or both were watching, looking out for the quote-unquote chatter intelligence on terrorists when it comes to 9-11 the world trade 19 years later still questions that are being asked right the question who knew what when where how why and who left their post when he or she or both were watching looking out for the chatter intelligence on terrorists. Did this stop you from flying? Did what happened during 9-11, September 11th, that Tuesday, September 11th, 
2001. Did that stop you from flying? Is this the largest story of the day or has it gone down in our time as a celebration no more relevant than Pearl Harbor? So I'm going to so ask this question to you first, uh, Tanya. Did this stop you from flying? One. Um, and two, wait, two, two questions. Is this the largest story of, of today, of the day, or has it gone down in our time as a celebration no more relevant than Pearl Harbor? I'll let you have at it while I do some population here. As far as if it stopped me from flying at the time that it took place, I wasn't uh, active in anything that was uh, would have lent itself to me flying. But had it been that way, it wouldn't have hindered me. I still would have gone, flew to wherever I needed to fly to. Um, as to is this the topic of the day? I believe it is. I mean, I, my morning started out with it because uh, I have that. You know, I'm plugged into that um, new site that I showed you yesterday where the different reports come up of out of the government when someone's speaking or they're doing something. So that's what I woke up to this morning was a picture of the flag uh, they had hanging over the Pentagon, over the side of the Pentagon in commemoration of 9-11. Um, is it no more relevant today than Pearl Harbor? I wouldn't say that because it happened, as far as I'm concerned, in my lifetime. Pearl Harbor didn't, um, but it was a point in history. This too was a point in history, but it was it was a point that in which I live. So for me, uh, just knowing, I don't know anybody personally that uh, was affected by 9-11 in the Twin Towers, but I did hear many stories um, and I know of a pastor that had to perform quite a few funeral uh, home going services during that time like 300 of them I think he said um, of his members and that's pretty rough you know because he I think he had a couple of churches he has two churches in in the New York area and so between those two churches he had to eulogize 300 people that's a lot and you know that it, they had to take place in close periods of time because of how you know the planning for home goings go and you know so if he did all of those that took a lot you know that took a lot so it impacted people on every level in everything if they had friends or family that died in the twin towers or if they were a person who uh, a little birdie said something to him about not going to work that day and they didn't go they called in sick that day or this one day they decided to stop and get a cup of coffee instead of going straight in and the difference in that time um, made the difference in whether they would have been in the building or not um, that is you know, that's something we can never forget I can never forget being at work and uh, people coming from the cafeteria where the TV was and saying uh, this awful tragedy had taken place. And it was like you you go in a time warp. Like, you know, it's like whoop, 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 everything slows down. You're in a time warp and it's unbelievable. 
because those twin towers were the financial um, foundation of our country. So it was more than just the twin towers in New York. It was our financial base where, you know, a lot of offices were and things like that. So it was meant to be a terroristic attack or look like it anyway. We'll get on that later. It was meant to look like a terrorist attack. And um, it indeed looked like that. And, you know, I had shared a story with you about what was happening at work. And we can get back to that. Um, when you're ready to get back to it yeah yeah let's let's uh talk about that story about what happened it was one of your co-workers and uh yeah his his actions when it happened uh brought about suspicion so let, let's talk about that yes. real quick as we break through because we're going to have a moment of silence for those who have uh passed before we start to Put the rubber to the road. So let's talk about this. Um, the gentleman that I worked with was a French Arab descent, and um, you know, he he his father was a dignitary. I'll just put it like that. So I'm not saying any names, but you know, his father was a dignitary. So when it happened, he was in the cafeteria at the time, and another one of my coworkers. And when it happened, he went ballistic. He fell out on the floor crying and screaming. He was very, he was highly distraught and thrown off his game. And this guy, he was a rather, rather cool individual, cool and uh, humorous, quite humorous and, and sarcastic. So he was a pretty cool guy, but he lost his cool um, when that happened. And, and so... Uh, you know, they're in there speaking French, you know, zuzu, zuzu, you know, and she's trying to console him. And he's inconsolable at this point. I mean, he's all over the floor. His his suit uh, jacket then came up around his waist. He just, you know, so that aroused suspicion because of the reaction. The reaction was strange. It was personal. It seemed to be personal. So once... Um, it was realized that he had this type of reaction to this event. They're like, whoa, this is hitting really close to home for him, obviously. So they, you know, they wound up, and I think it was a good decision just to be safe. You know, they wound up um, getting the authorities involved, investigate this individual and what his background was. That's how we found out who his dad was and all of that. So you know, this was, that was a, as close to me as it got, was that I had a co-worker who that was of great concern to him. I don't know if he thought his father may have been on one of those planes or or what. I don't know if his father was flying that day. He didn't know. And so he was just very distraught and out of sorts. And so, you know, that's what they did. They, they looked into him, but he wound up staying whatever it was they found. It wasn't serious enough for him, them to let him go or anything. He uh, wound up staying with us until that job dissipated uh, eventually. That's funny because he seemed unconsolable as if he was crying. It wasn't like what they had reported and people say that it's not true or whatever, that it was a conspiracy theory. 213-943-3358. 213-943-3358. That uh, people uh, that 
Arabs in New Jersey who could see the world trade going down. They were uh, yelling and, and happy. So him himself crying, it would look like to me, or being upset or having a conniption fit would mean that it was something more personal, like you said, but not something where he would have thought or someone would think of him as being a terrorist. But I guess during that time, you couldn't be too uh, sure because in the wake of it, as they got the total of how many people died in the world trade, uh, 2,977 died. It was September 11th, 2001. It was a Tuesday, and, and I'll never forget that because... My wife and I were waking up and we had turned on the news and Brian Gumble had freshly gone over to CBS because he used to be on NBC morning show. But he was on CBS and we, when he moved over to CBS after retiring from NBC, quote unquote, we watched him all the time. So when we turned on the TV, the one building was already smoking. And then we saw the other plane go in as we were uh, getting ready to leave. We were headed off, each head off, going off to work. My wife was going to work and I was going to, well, I was going to stop over my parents' house like I did every morning beforehand and then head up to the uh, store from there. And I mean, that was what was on TV all day, all night. Uh, just permeated the news. It just went on. And looking at Bush sitting there uh, reading to some first or second graders. And he just sat there when he got the message. It was just a look on his face and the camera zoomed in on his face. It's like the cameraman, whoever it was, knew that something had happened or maybe he had got the word before the president got the word and he just zoomed in on Bush 2's face and he just sat there for for a while, you know, and you really don't know. It's like, what were you thinking? You didn't automatically hop to action. You didn't say anything. And then after it was over, after the rubble happened and the smoke had cleared and the different people who came there to help try to do a salvage mission of bodies and trying to save people if they were still alive and all the people who then caught that lung disease from it, right? And not wearing a mask, not wearing the right protective gear, like all of the chemicals and not, not only the jet fuel, but the chemicals that made the building, the iron, the drywall, all of that was up in the air and people didn't think to wear a mask. Like, that's what you would call the cowboy and then they needed to tell Bush to say something when he was on the megaphone. And they had to whisper to him to say something. Then he said, we were going to get the people who did this. And it took quite a few years later you know, with another president to get the person, quote unquote, who did it. But it was Al Qaeda. That's who they said. Remember, we don't even hear that name anymore. 
We don't even hear it. Don't even hear it. We don't hear that anymore. It's like, wow, right? So the targets for that day were the World Trade, the Pentagon, the U.S. Capitol, and then the U.A. United uh, Airlines 93 failed. They don't know exactly where it was going because it dropped into a field in Somerset, right? Pennsylvania, right? Injuries non-fatal, 25,000. How many but how many American blacks died in the World Trade Center that day? How many? 215. How many Hispanics died? 258. How many Caucasians? 2066 died in the World Trade, right? And so it goes to show that the World Trade was a large it was like an economic base, like what you said of the United States, or at least the terrorists who did what they did at least thought that it was, and we as Americans thought that it was. And so once they dropped it, and you find out that 215 American blacks were in there. Now, we don't know if some people didn't make it, they were running late, or something told them not to go, but you just look at the number of people working in there and you look at the disparity right there in who had gainful employment. Just looking at the tragedy of the World Trade Center and the towers falling and then the little building fell afterwards and they said that that was suspicious that it happened, but just looking at the disparities of the number of people of American black heritage that were in there, that it was such a small, it was such a small number, which means that this World Trade Center that was the center of economics in New York City, that American blacks were shed out of that gainful employment. What are you going to say to that? Uh, that's quite interesting when you look at the numbers. But look at the numbers. And not to... My heart goes out continuously to the families who lost loved ones in that time or if you uh, managed to escape out of there or whatever um, where you are involved on the level that you're involved um, when we consider the things that we talk about on our show concerning uh, the plight of the American black in America, um, we we have to look at that now. There it was. Uh, there, once again, we were in an extreme minority in that place. And, and just so happens that that time around in ratio, it served to be a benefit that we were the minority in there. Not that nobody else's life wasn't equally as important. Don't, you know, y'all messy folks and people who piece together videos and, and edit and do things like that. Don't, don't do that here. Okay. Not the right place to do it. But, you know, it, it speaks to something and it's, it's very tragic. Either way to, either way you look at it, loss of lives, um, escape uh, and not losing life. It's still tragic. The whole thing is tragic. And what, 
what really gets me is that there it has been suggested it's been suggested it's been speculated that that was not an outside job but an inside job and if that be the case if that be true that the disparity or the um the debased mindset of people who will put the lives of thousands of people in jeopardy in their own country in order to make a point or have a pissing contest with the next person is unfathomable and it's wicked to the highest degree it's wicked to the highest degree and we're looking at that's why when I look back at that point in history of which I was here I look at that point in history and it's not too far fetched to think that this whole COVID situation uh, was landed the way it landed just to come against one one person in one country is responsible for a disease in all the world are you serious so it's not far-fetched to think like that because of other things that have gone on here that were far-fetched to think about I mean how could you you know looking at that just looking at the conspiracy side of it is for people to do their research and to figure out you know go find out what the facts are and then you create your own mind state and get off the hamster wheel of the mindset that they have you walking and believing everything. It's unfathomable, like what my sister said, to have done this just to be able to go after someone in another country to mis-aim. Instead of going to Afghanistan, you go to Iraq because your father had words uh, with Saddam Hussein during the Gulf War and Saddam Hussein did some threatening. These are just some of the things that are out there. And so you kill an American treasure here. And then that's what I was alluding to when I said he just sat there and the camera person zoomed in on his face, on Bush 2, face. And he was just staring there like, and it was almost a look as if it actually happened. What are we gonna do now? That's that's the way it looked, right? And, you know, and as all the information starts to roll out, you say, hmm, would they have given up and killed up Americans to how many again? 2,000. 977 Americans just in the World Trade Center not to mention the ones who died in United Airlines Flight 93 the people who were injured in the Pentagon and the United States Capitol you know they said that was a target but as I remember in the reporting that wasn't hit or that would have been something because the Capitol was the dome right and if that was hit then people would have uh we would have been hearing about that forever because that would have killed up congressmen and senators and everything else. So what was going on? What was going on during uh, this time here? Well, let's see. Let's look at the albums that came out during that time. 
Glitter by Mariah Carey came out and it was considered the worst album of her career was Glitter. Actually, people should take another look at the movie because the movie was actually good. It was actually a, a pretty, it was pretty great actually. It wasn't, it, she acted well and she had an all-star cast in it and uh, it was supposed to be her breakout but at the same time she was going through the nervous uh, breakdown situations and things that slowed her career down. She was just getting out of Tommy Mottola. Remember this time in 2001, people? People forget what was happening during those times. Let's see what else was out. Fear, Love, and War, Killer Army, right? Uh, it, it did uh, lackluster sales, but people who were into deep hip-hop bought that record, right? And you know, most people don't know who Killer Army is, so I'm not gonna go into it now because most people don't know who they are because it was definitely a lackluster release. Halfway Tree by uh, Damian Marley, Junior Gong. You know, that's uh, Bob Marley's son. You know, Bob Marley keeps having children come out of the woodwork. We don't know, he was prolific and in, in not only spreading his music, but in our opinion, spreading his seed. And so, you know, that's what he will live on for quite some time. And he has a nephew, I mean, a, a, a not a nephew, but a great grandson that has, has the women swooning now when you see him perform. Then there was the album Ghetto Fabulous by fabulous right it came out it did pretty good it was his uh, freshman effort and it came out and people were people bought it and liked what fabulous had to say it was good but there was no album no album that stood alongside this album it came out and it's so still prolific and so important to hip hop and to music in general today that uh, it's been voted by Rolling Stone magazine. It's in the top 500 albums of all time. And that's Jay-Z's The Blueprint, right? Jay-Z's The Blueprint. Awesome. Arguably his best project to date. Jay-Z somewhat infamously released his album, The Blueprint, on September 11, 2001. The soul samples transcended a brand new sound in hip-hop given, given the time. The rapper had production from Kanye West, Just Blaze, and I can't read the other one because I got the letters over, over, oh, Timberland, how could I not say I got the letter, I got the logo over and I can barely read this. Despite the attention of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, the album sold 420,000 copies in the first week 
Part of the reason the LP became successful early was the Brooklyn MC's personal beef with Nas, which was showcased on the single, The Takeover. The project, which is revered by many hip hop heads, was named one of Rolling Stone's top albums of all time, right? Jay-Z, no matter what. And I remember Busta Rhymes told a story about he was walking down the streets of New York and the towers fell and you know, the dust started rolling through the city and he remembers he was running and he didn't think that he was gonna be able to get away from the dust and the debris that was flying and he saw a door and he opened the door and I think he said that it was him and someone else and they ran into the door and all of the white smoke and the dust passed by the door and they were saved. That was the only reason why he was saved because they saw the door and they went in and just as they went in, that's when all the white plume, you know, that spread ground wise uh, came past there and he was saved or else he would have been in it. And you know, MCs need their lung capacity, right? They need their lung capacity right. and people in general need their lung capacity. And for something like that to happen, it was devastating, you know, and people felt for New York for that time. But what do you have to think about that and, you know, about what was happening in New York to the people and Jay-Z having the number one album? Uh, oftentimes in period of history there are more than there's more than one thing that takes place that brings to your remembrance that event and all that was going on and it kind of it makes you take a closer examination at spiritual things it makes you take a closer uh, look at your own life and uh, it makes one grateful and thankful to have not been a part of that yet you feel for the people who were a part of that who lost their lives but it's amazing you know i i wasn't actually i wasn't paying attention to the music industry at that point in time i hadn't even realized that jay-z's album had dropped now i remember the blueprint album it was so popular that despite the fact that i wasn't even following hip-hop at that time i i knew about it I was a far as far away from that as whatever, but I knew about it. That's how popular the album was, but I had no idea that it had dropped the same day as the Twin Towers did. And so for him, I wonder how he feels about that. I wonder, um, you know, what he thinks about on that day and how that album was his best-selling album, but it was at such a pinnacle time in history. I wonder how he views that and how he remembers that. That would be interesting to know how he views that. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think anyone has ever really asked. You know, I mean, I think it's just something that went in the stride, and those are questions that get into deep. Because so many times I, I watch interviewers and they do such surface level, superficial uh, situations. Okay, people, so let's look at. The conspiracy theories. Donald Rumsfeld. Remember Donald Rumsfeld? We hardly hear Rumsfeld. his name anymore, <laughs> right? 
all of this is over the internet. We're not gonna go through it. But these are, these are different things. If you wanna know, if you are a young person and you are doing a report on 9-11, then these are the different sites that you should go to. You know, you can come back and take snapshots of this later and then just research this for yourself and read up on it and make your decisions after you have all of the facts and watch all the documentaries because this was something that was devastating. Like we said, we gave one idea of what people were thinking just by how Bush 2 was standing up there. And you know what's so funny about Bush 2? Now, Bush 2 is revered. All of a sudden, people like, did people forget that 2,900 and 77 people died just at the World Trade on his watch. Did people forget that there was a major terrorist attack on the land of the United States not seen since the time of Pearl Harbor, right? The date that, that, uh, um, that, Going on. Okay. A date that will live in infamy as Roosevelt Roosevelt said. Yeah, I'm breaking up and I'm getting a warning. I, I think we are we going and saying something that they don't want us to let out here. But anyway, people, not since Pearl Harbor. Come on, man. Come on. Not since Pearl Harbor has something like this happening. Have we forgotten now that Trump is in there. We haven't had any wars on our land. Matter of fact, have you noticed in these four years of Trump, we haven't had a terrorist attack? Matter of fact, the news media doesn't even talk about homegrown terrorism from those who are affected by the words of uh, terrorist organizations because they are Arab or uh Ottoman Turk living in this country and they haven't been indoctrinated anymore. So what what what's going on with that? So all of these different conspiracy situations are up for you to see. Judge, let us secretly destroy CIA black site evidence, right? Different different things that you can come back and uh go through the show and take the snapshot of and then or just freeze frame us, just pause and uh, check out the what's going on. And then this one right here, I want to bring this one back up along with the last slide that we're going to show here. I'll call them slides. Um, the one about the black box from the airplane. It's very interesting because the news media covered the black box from UA-93, but they never really told you what it said. So this one right here, black box cover-up story finally breaks out. 9-11 black box uh, cover-up story finally breaks out. And then of course we have the cover-up and look who's right at the top, but Condoleezza Rice. Condoleezza Rice. Remember Condoleezza Rice? 
and <laughs> all that and then the rice the rice is even the rice within uh obama's administration has caused some upheaval over time and she might be linked to what the president says was happening with him and being illegally investigated 45 now we're just talking about truth here right we're talking about putting out facts and the facts are out there and all you have to do is just go research those facts for yourself and then come up with your own mind state but yeah so you know that's the aspect of the conspiracy side of it but right now we're going to give a uh, moment of silence before we move on with the rest of the show and so here we go moments of moment of silence for those who uh passed away due to the terrorist attack on tuesday september 11 2011 which is known as 9 11. All right, so that was the moment of silence, right? Give it to the people, for the people, for the people who are no longer with us who were victims of that attack, right? All right, people, so coming this Sunday, this Sunday, September 13th, is the episode 130 of Hashtag TFR Podcast Live episode 130 of TFR Podcast Live. And what we're talking about is the truth on what is versus what the media shows you. Capone movie review, insecure review, little fires everywhere. If you have not seen that show, little fires everywhere, you have to watch that series, right? And we're going to be reviewing that and talking about that more and breaking down the pros and cons, what's good about it, what's not good about it, but why you should see it anyway, right? So now, we go from talking about terrorism, which we're going to also talk about this on Sunday, also more in depth. But this People, these people are the faces of, in my opinion, homegrown terrorism. These, these seven, right? These seven people, look at their faces closely. Look at them. They dress in black. They wear the mask. They wear the helmets. They have the baseball bats. They are part of, allegedly, allegedly, remember these are our opinions, but allegedly until they go to trial. But the media has picked this up because they were arrested at a New Panther Party protest 
for the murder of Mr. Prude. You know, Prude was the one who had some, a mental episode. And the police say he was on PCP. I, they always say that. I don't know what it is about people being on a PCP. I, I know that PC, LSD, PCP, whatever it is. I don't know. I didn't know that that was still a drug of choice in 2020. Right. But, they were at this, you know, because this happened in Rochester, New York, and they were having a protest, and they were there, and they were basically, by what the media is reporting, anarchists. We've been talking about Antifa and the people saying, hashtag BLM, Black Lives Matter, and do any of these people represent Black Lives Matter? Well, they may not buy race or phenotype, but they sure are representing by being out there dressed in black, black masks, covering their faces. And what is what is interesting about these seven? Do you know, Tanya, what is interesting about these seven? Are they claiming to be uh, Black Lives Matter? Are they claiming that? Well, you know that the Antifa has infiltrated. So whenever you see the whites walking around and saying Black Lives Matter, the Caucasians saying Black Lives Matter, they're either Antifa or Antifa infiltrated hashtag BLM by what the reports are saying. The reports are starting to come out. So these seven. So I'm going to give you one more chance. What is unique about these seven? Ah, let's see. Well, out of all those terms we went over this week, they're in there somewhere. <laughs> they're in there. So are they Marxists? Are they considered Marxists? Those that study. Uh, okay, the, now that uh, is of what the media. That is what the media said that they are Marxists. But we just gave a definition of Marxism, and Marxism is nothing more than the study of capitalism and how it affects labor affects productivity basically society and through that study they say that you should move to communism so them saying that they are Marxists on the news is just influencing the uninformed on what these definitions are so you go back to episode 12 and matter of fact watch all of our episodes because we have been dropping information you went on just on episode 13, which is the transition on the memorial or commemoration of September 11th, right? 2020. But you go back and watch the show. We broke down all the definitions. We was able to piece it all together and make it so it's one cohesive whole as they were cutting us and 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 cutting us. They didn't want it, but... So to be a Marxist is nothing but to be a person who studies moving into communism from capitalism. So one more time, what is unique about these people? We also talked about this. It was something that we alluded to in the show yesterday. What is unique about these seven? 
you know, in between all of what we talked about, I don't, I don't know. I mean, all of it is uh, becoming one big blur because it seems like through the terminologies, there's so much overlap. It's hard to say. I think that's the point. The overlap of the terminologies is so that you won't know exactly what they are, except for I know you got an answer for me. So let me hear it. What makes these people so interesting and not unique to those who are out there talking about anarchy and the fall of America. They're chanting death to America out there, right? First of all, their names when we're going to talk about this more on Sunday, their names lend them to being their parents oh. being immigrants, right? That's one thing. Being immigrants, maybe first, maybe their first, second, or third immigrants to this country, and we talked about that and how immigrants who have pale skin, who are categorized as Caucasian and white. And it's been going on as long as unions have been going on and even before that they bring in more population in it will be categorized as white to offset the population of American blacks so that American blacks will not have the opportunities they should have to be gainful employed to advance to the highest levels in government even to the top office as descendants of 1619 slavery and people who were here even before then right so again because we're going to pull this out this is a game every time we see this this is going to be a game but it's very serious what is unique about these people what is unique about these seven terrorists my black lot Black block. They could be black block, but that's Philadelphia. They probably have their own name, and it's probably going to be uh, brought out what they call themselves in uh, upstate New York. But what else is unique about these seven terrorists, in my opinion? What's unique about them? Okay, so you said they could be Black Block, but that's, well, Black Block is a Philadelphia organization. So you said, what is unique about them? Uh, you know, I have my own opinion, which I'm sure is not tied to what you say. Uh, they all look uh, like they got some mental challenges to me, but I know that's not the answer you're looking for. Well, they probably do need because they heard voices, in my opinion. They must have heard voices. Death to America. They are oppressing us. And I'm going to get to it. I'm, I'm coming to it. They could need FANAP, though. But what else is unique about them? What's your opinion? What's your opinion? Let, let me hear your opinion before I lay this out. I mean, they all, well, they're, obviously they're youth. Uh, they're among the youth of America. That's obvious. Um, and they are probably more than likely purporting to be uh, a help organization. 
uh, that's helping the cause or helping America move on. And they're, they're taking a radical way of doing it uh, more than likely. They're justifying why they're doing what they're doing as a help. Or would they be classified as Democrat as far as their uh, their affiliation? Well, party you know, affiliation? That, that's, that's to come out, right? That's to come out. Tell me, how many women are, how many females do you see on the, I mean, just an observation on that. How many females do you see on the seven mug shots? How many out of the seven are female? I see four and a possible, <laughs> like a spades game. Four and a possible. Which four? Describe her. Uh, red hair, upper left corner, uh, dark hair next to her. Actually, he's a. I see a haircut there. That's a possible. That may not be. Uh, they they may be transgender, or uh, of that community, because now the second person I assume was a female, but I see a, a a lineup up there at the top. So that could be a male. Then over here to the far right looks female down to the bottom left looks female and uh the one that's to the far right at the bottom is was the one that i named my possible okay all right so look when i first saw these mug shots the one that's down to the left she's supposed to be a model does she look like a model i mean i'm just doing some observation here my opinions my opinions does she look like a model to you? The one down to the left with the raised eyebrow doing the rock? Uh, yeah, if her name is Emily Rose. Okay, so you know, she's doing the rock, or is that how she she drew her eyebrow? I don't know. The one on the right with the bandana, that is a woman. And I, I when I first looked at it, I thought it was a male. You know. I was looking at it. Do you know what's funny? Do you know what's funny about her features? So look at her features. Just observations. Just looking at her features. What's funny about the one with the bandana on to the right side? This, this a she's a female. She is a woman. They 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 name the name. She's a woman. What about her is uh, interesting about her features? What's interesting is that the eyebrows are dark and the hair is obviously dyed blonde, so it's not a natural blonde. And it also looks by the eyebrows and the eyes that that individual may be of Middle Eastern descent. Very odd. So that means that people are able to, if they have pale skin, now we don't know. Her name sounds strange like that. I mean, not strange. Let me take that back. Reverse that. It sounds like it could be Middle Eastern, right? Which means that out of all of them, she could be put under the... But anyway, what else is funny about her features? You see her bushy eyebrows and her long uh, nose, long, longer nose, and she has cheekbones, but she's just not smiling, looks like, and her lip. When you look at her, does she look like a famous MC that we know? It happens to be American black. 
just look around the eyebrows mm. and the nose. You know, she looks. She's not. She could be a. I'm gonna classify her as Caucasian because most uh, Middle Easterns and even some Black Africans are considered Caucasian when they come here. They check the box of Caucasian and white to build numbers for the Caucasians, right? So I'm just going to say that she's Caucasian. She will be the Caucasian version slightly. I think it's uh, meant to look Caucasian, but I see something else as far as nationality there. But it does look like somebody. I just can't think of the name. I can't hear you. Say that again. You said that she looks like something, and 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 she looks like something. I said but she kind of looks. Let me pull it so they can hear. You. No, what I said was, what I said was, because you were saying that you were classify her as Caucasian. I said, well, she definitely looks like another nationality to me, uh, which is what I named. Uh, I didn't name the specific one out of that community. I I did say that that's what that looks like to me. But also, they do look like somebody um, familiar. I can't think of the name. If you look at her eyes, her eyes set, her eyebrows, her longer nose, and all she would need was a nose ring she would look like Tupac Shakur just Caucasianly wise just Caucasian okay she bushy eyebrows I was gonna eyes say that. You, you were gonna say that yeah agree with that yeah yeah isn't that something now yeah. above her in the right side she is a woman left the woman in the red hair of course she's a woman and the rest are supposed to be male so three males Four females in this group of, in my opinion, anarchists who are Antifa leaning, if not labeled as Antifa yet, at a black rally trying to cause damage and upheaval to property. Now, what is very interesting about these people? What's a, what is what is interesting about these people is they are all are you ready for this? You need to lean forward for this so you can automatically respond. You need to lean forward. They are all they are all upstate or like upstate New York family wealthy hmm. that's not a surprise at all not a surprise at all upstate New York family wealthy and when we first saw this report and we alluded to it about a lot of the people who are doing this Antifa stuff. They're wearing masks so they can go back to their lily white uh, existence without being caught. We alluded to it that they are wealthy Caucasians or people who are who have been categorized as Caucasians who live that certain lifestyle. 
that upstate New York rich lifestyle or that California rich lifestyle or that Texas rich lifestyle or that Las Vegas rich lifestyle, excuse me, let me go with states, or that Nevada uh, lifestyle, rich lifestyle, or anywhere else where there are rich people who are Caucasian. These are people, and we talked about the Patty Hearst syndrome as they are. they going to be able to claim that they were indoctrinated and be able to go back to their lives like Patty Hearst. Remember Patty Hearst and the group, the anti-group, they were terrible. Simeonese Liberation Army. Yeah. Simeonese Liberation say, Army. Say, say that again. The Symbionese Liberation Army with Sin Q as the leader. Okay. So look that up real quick and get a definition of what they were standing for, right? What what did they stand for? This thing that Patty Hearst and went through. Remember they robbed the bank and then they captured them and then she was able to say that I was indoctrinated by the movement. Are these seven, because they are well off, are they going to do time or are they going to be like the college scandal where you get a, a slap on the wrist and you get no time. You get like six months whereas a black woman trying to, American black woman trying to do good for her children who used a different address, they gave her five years. But in this scandal where they lied about what the kids did for extracurricular or sports activity to get a scholarship and then the kids, half the kids didn't want to go come to find out as the story went. And they went through and they did this anyway and they get slaps on the wrist. Some of them uh, very prominent Hollywood star types, right? And the ones who probably are in there that are non-Caucasians, they probably got time, but they probably didn't put that in the media. But will these seven see any jail time like Patty Hearst didn't see jail time. Will they see jail time or will they be like Patty Hearst? And what was Patty Hearst involved in? Let, let's read what, what they stood for. What did they stand for? Okay, so they were actually called the United Federated Forces of the Simeonese Liberation Army. And I just, uh, before we go to uh, that, let's talk about what Simeonese means. That word has a meaning. So, these means it is the Manifesto Simeonese Liberation Army. And wait a minute, I had the definition right here. Hold on. Of course, my computer is moving slow. But there's a word, uh, the dictionary definition is uh, it's a superlative uh, of uh, pertaining to. The Simeonese Liberation Army, and it's according to the group's manifesto, taken from the words, a body of dissimilar bodies and organisms living in deep and loving harmony. So it's it stands for a group of people living in deep and loving harmony. Cults would take that. Most cults then would be Simeonese. All right. So the Simeonese Liberation Army was an American left-wing organization active between 73 and 75 that considered itself a vanguard army the group committed bank robberies two murders and other acts of violence 
The SLA became internationally notorious for the kidnapping of heiress Patty Hearst, um, abducting the 19-year-old from Berkeley, California. Interest increased when Hearst in audio tape messages delivered to and broadcast by regional news media announced that she had joined the organization. Hearst later said the members of the terrorist group threatened to kill her, held her in close confinement, sexually assaulted her, and brainwashed her. Um, I Let me say a little bit about that because I was a, a little girl when that came out, but I paid attention to that situation. Uh, Patty Hearst was an heiress of a... Uh, her father was a newspaper mogul or a media mogul at that time who ran uh, several newspapers and things like that. So she was known to be rich. Now, when she says that the members of the terrorist group threatened to kill her, held her in close confinement, and sexually assaulted and brainwashed her, she, at some point, this became voluntary but she developed a Stockholm syndrome where you fall in love with your captor. And so the head of the Simeonese Liberation Army, Sinku, he was called, she had a baby by him. She got pregnant by him. She had a baby by him. And so at some point she had transitioned into being his woman and was, was traveling with him openly as his woman. So now that all the, you know, he's dead now. And a lot of the members are dead. So now you come every time and make a little money. So now you coming out with your story and you're saying it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't doubt that they threatened to kill her and held her in confinement. But after a while, you developed an affinity for that which you were in. And nothing makes you do that but you. I mean, you are not going to be brainwashed to like something you're in unless you're beginning to like something you're in. You still, a person in prison don't like being in prison. They never develop a liking for being in prison. They just accept the fact that they're there, but they never liked it. So once you began to be on this person's arm, then that, that put another spin on it. But yeah, she was, you will find that a lot with, uh, now she was taken captive by them, captive by them, but you will find a lot of these groups, cults, and militant groups, their members are from well-to-do families. It's like they don't have nothing else to do. That's why they have all that time to be out there doing all of that, have, wreaking all that havoc, because they don't have nothing to do. They don't have a concern to go to work and feed themselves or whatever, because they have, you know, they have money sitting around. So this is the reason why. So that's very common. You know, and remember, people, these are our observations and our opinions, right? My my opinion and my observation on Pat, Patty Hearst. Remember, you have to go research and make your own mind state. Get off the hamster wheel and get off the, uh, the mindset where they have you walk around like drones and not question anything. And go find out facts and make your own mind state about it. This is my opinion. These are our opinions and observations. My opinions on Patty Hearst was, to me, as the media uh, skeptics, the people who were skeptical about the whole story, I'm skeptical too. Did did she get did she get kidnapped or did she get quote unquote kidnapped? Right, and it, it was already in it. What was their goal? What was the goal of the Sudanese men and men and What was their goal 
for them to even go in there and rob a bank? What was their goal? What was the goal? It says here in his manifesto, the Simeonese Liberation Army Declaration of Revolutionary War and Simeonese Program, down under freeze, the name Simeonese is taken from the word symbiosis. And we define it as meaning a body of December. We already went over that. So the seven headed Cobra, the freeze was the SLA's only black member. Ooh. His seven headed SLA hydrolite Cobra symbol was based on the seven principles of Kwanzaa. Each head represented a principle of Swahili. Words from these seven principles are Umoja. Uh, well they mean unity self-determination collective work and responsibility cooperative economics purpose creativity and faith okay pause the appearance pause, of pause, the symbol pause, women pause pause you mean to tell me that the media did not tell us that patty hearst was on the arm was he yes he was an american black because he was talking about kwanzaa he was Thinking that one day they were going to, I bet you that this is what you're going to read. That one day they were going to get the money and they were going to go back over to Africa and liberate Africa and have their own city in Africa. Like a lot of the people who are running away from what's happening here and talking about they're going to go to Africa. And I say, when you're leaving. But anyway, look, <laughs> that's just a little preface, little insert there. But look. The media made it seem as if it was a white organization because all they ever showed you were white people. I have never seen a documentary on this where they showed this black guy that was the head of it that the seven principles of it was based on Umoja, Ananda, Sumakamalia, Kwanzaa. Right? So... Read, this is interesting. We are bringing facts that you can go research, people. Unbelievable. You have brought something that I did not know because the media never covered it as such because she was, it is, Caucasian. And they didn't want you to know that she was laying with an American black man that had the seven-headed cobra that was based on Kwanzaa. So, continue. And she was brainwashed in the big black monstrous book his hands all over me <laughs> now listen to this the political symbiosis defreeze describes means the unity of all left wing struggles all left wing struggles including feminists anti-racist anti-capitalists and others now, what did we read all this week with these different, um, you know, the different uh, terminologies and the different meanings of the different words all encompassed one or more of these words as part of their, uh, you know, part of their purpose. Feminism, anti-racism, anti-capitalism. And it says here and others. So that would encompass everything else we've been talking about all week. Right. So the freeze wanted all races genders and ages to fight together in a left-wing united front and live together peacefully he wanted all races genders and ages to fight together in a left-wing united front and live together peacefully 
on the principle based on the principles of quantum. On the principles of Kwanzaa. Keep going. We, we need to know everything. This is amazing. We are breaking news for a whole new generation that we never got. And that's why that's why Google is your friend. Now, the appearance of the symbol of the seven-headed cobra on SLA publications indicates that it was copied from the ancient Indian and Sri Lankan seven-headed Naga Carved stones depicting a seven-headed cobra are commonly found near the sluices of the ancient ancient irrigation tanks in Sri Lanka and are believed to have been placed there as guardians of the water. The particular graphic of the seven-headed cobra used by the SLA may have been copied from an illustration of the lost continent of Mu by James Churchward. Uh... Let's see. And then yes. it goes on to go right. further into this particular article goes further into the um kidnapping of Patty Hearst and the murder of a couple of its members and and all of that. Okay, so look people, so we just found out that Patty Hearst was 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 getting some as uh Mick Jagger say, brown sugar. You make me feel so good. Anyway, people, so look. Why are we constantly on this repetitious hamster wheel? Why are we constantly on the hamster wheel? Why are we galloping on the hamster wheel? I'm using my hands because I'm not in there. Why are we on the hamster wheel? Paddling on the hamster wheel. Why are we constantly seeing the same situation rising again and again and again. Why are we constantly seeing this happen? Why are we constantly on this same hamster wheel thinking that what's happening today in 2020 didn't happen in 1970, didn't happen in 1950, didn't happen in 1930, didn't happen in 1910, didn't why are we constantly on this? This is information that is there, but the outlets and the media outlets do not tie together. But I bet you after this show, they will be tying this together. I'll give it about two to three weeks. They'll be bringing up the Sudanese and Mubadini knees, knees, amalgamation uh, army with the seven headed and saying it is kind of the same of what's going on with these seven right here. Now, here's the next question about the seven. So we know that they are rich. They come from, well, they're not rich. They come from wealthy families who set them up. All they have to do is go to college, get a degree, and then be a people who are, uh, they never did anything to get the wealth, but the wealth will be an inheritance to them and they can't, in their mind, rationalize, and they feel sorry for having wealth. That is a problem, people. If people are sorrowful about having wealth and feel that 
their people, their own people are doing. That's what uh, Little Fires Everywhere is about. And we're going to be discussing this and this situation this Sunday on the film review on the Film Review Life channel at 5.30. We're going to be discussing this because this is exactly what Little Fires Everywhere is about. So on our show this Sunday at 5.30 Pacific, right? 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern on the Film Review Live channel, we're going to be talking about this more in depth, breaking down the show and breaking down this these seven as the reports come out. Now, here's the question I'm going to ask you, Tanya. What is the chance that this arrest of these seven, because these organizations are loosely connected, but because a lot of the Caucasians that are in them are wealthy, they're able to travel and meet up and they know who each other are before they put on the bandanas and the masks and the helmets and dressing all black and have the baseball bats and have the anti the anti uh, mace formulas that they put together. They, they have all this. What is, are the chances that this arrest of these seven as they are interrogated and they are threatened with prison time to get to get a deal to make a deal to not do time how many of them do you think are going to roll and tell organizational secrets and organizers in the different cities especially in Portland and uh uh, Minnesota, the state of Minnesota and in Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia and also the ones that are organizing in upstate New York and all around the United States and maybe around the globe being it this an anarchist anti-racist anti-chauvinist anti-etc. etc. have ties to European organizations what is the odds that this arrest will bring an end to what's happening as far as the not protest but anarchy for this time like it always happens every time I would think in this case the chances are slim and none because number one they are not going to serve any long periods of time for anything they're going to have the best lawyers uh, to get them off from different things and uh, whatever they think the end goal is or the benefit of being part of it, they're going to just stick with that because they there's a certain amount of protection that they're still going to have or a certain amount of uh, what do you call uh, when you are um, when you it's the word for being you know you're you have your immunity 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 they have a certain immunity to a certain degree so they're not worried about it in fact for them you know it's a badge of honor or some kind of medal to to go and get a record it's not gonna if you're already wealthy you already from wealth and that's the end goal of going to college and getting education and stuff like that is to 
get the be in the best financial position you can be in for your life and the life of your loved ones they already got that and it's it's going to be inherited and handed down to them so they're cool with that so they the chances of it ending just with these seven i don't think is very a uh, very big chance I think that the hinge pin is the one down in the right corner. The one that said they have some features like Tupac, not quite, but Caucasian. It's some, okay. looks kind of Lebanese or whatnot, you know. Yeah, whereas, yeah, right? yeah, so yeah, exactly. The, the hinge pin is her because she, as someone who they will say is a terrorist because of her her background, I think that that beans are gonna spill. Remember that game of uh, Boston baked beans, or what was that? The bean game where they had the little plate the and they bean. had the bowl. Don't spill the bean. Was, Don't spill the bean. Wait a minute, hold up. It was. It was called it was Don't Spill the Beans. That's right. Don't Spill the Beans. And it had a little plate. And it had like plate. And it had the beans in it, right? And you would drop the bean. And that was the counterweight. Because the the bowl or the a barrel or whatever it was, was hollow. And the counterweight was the plate that went on top. And you would drop the beans and try to keep the, the bowl or the pot from turning over. She is. She is the bean that's gonna topple the pot. Why okay. do we constantly go through the same thing over and over again? It's because of the fact that the history books are not written correctly. That's what it is. The history books are to hold secrets. Like, I didn't know that it was a seven-headed snake created by a black man that Patty Hearst was basically, in my opinion, dating. And they tried to rob a bank and they tried to get... I'm sure that it had to do with something about returning to Africa and being part of the African diet. I'm almost sure of that. But the seven heads had to do with principles of Kwanzaa. Which then they then I'm sure the authorities went and investigated the guy who created Kwanzaa, Kajufu. I think I think that's his name. I, I believe it's a catch, analyze, and shoot. Why are we constantly going through the same thing? And, and and here you are. We were talking about this when we were showing what was happening at the city hall or the courthouse when they wanted to see the mayor. And the black people pushed through and the Negro whisperers were sitting back pretty much filming up or in the scene observing and not making any moves. The American blacks get arrested and these and the others are sitting back who are, who are non-black are sitting back talking this yang and most of them come from affluent families what are we doing this even proves even more what we've been talking about what we've been talking about for the last few episodes which is 
American blacks need to sit this out because you don't know where these Caucasians or people who are classified as Caucasians to build numbers for Caucasians. You do the research on what I'm talking about about that. You don't know where they're coming from. You're coming from a situation where you may be middle class, but you and you make maybe sixty thousand a year. But do you know that real middle class by uh, Ryan, the the house when he was the speaker of the house, is actually four hundred fifty thousand. That's middle class. What is everything else? Okay. Four. So. You're looking at the people and they're coming around you and they're doing this, but they are, these are wealthy, rich, rich and wealthy, beyond American, Caucasian, middle class. Out there doing this, you come from an uh, impoverished situation to American black middle class. And you're sitting up with them and they know to stand back. Now these, they got arrested you know, they, they obviously remember how we were talking about how Antifa said, stay together, run, run, find an alley, run. They gave their tactics and their strategy, right? Obviously, this failed for them and they got caught up. Why would you be around that? Why would you as an American black be around that? Why would you as an American black vote for someone who was responsible for sending a lot of your family members away, a lot of your friends away during the 80s and the 90s, 2000s, 2010s. We're in 2020 now. We have to become smarter. Hashtag TFR Podcast Live OB Observations. We drop the information and the information that you need to know to build your knowledge. What is education about? Education is a set, organized space that informs you so that you your natural gifts can then spring forth and not your natural intellect, your natural abilities, your natural creativity can come forth and bring something that is productive for your people in the society that you're in. What are you doing following Patty Hearst? Like, on Sunday, we're going to name all these names of all these people right here and break down what they were doing, right? It's all over the media, right? It broke It broke last night. It broke actually two days ago, but then they broke last night. Not only the redhead, but the other six were caught. They're going to start talking, yo. I mean, they're going to be uh, quiet for a minute, but they're going to start talking, yo. Because they put the screws to them because they have destroyed they have destroyed the state you understand and anarchists as we tell you about the definitions they are about destroying and seeing the state fall like out of those seven how many of them are not only anarchists but accelerationists and you're hanging around them 
American blacks instead of being out the bay, just uh, being out the way. Just be observers. Have your camera there. Be out the way. We're we're just observing. We're not in the fight. This is. Go ahead. See, this is has some been something that's always been a problem historically with our people. You're always allowing yourself to be sold on something. You know, when they were in their planning stages, in the planning stages, there's always a plan to have some blacks on board for one reason or another, whether that be to be a scapegoat or whether that is to be the distraction or whether that is to be the one that ultimately takes the blame for everything uh, whether that be um, the the muscle, whether that be the brains, whether that be, but the one weakness is they allow themselves to be sold on your uh, legitimacy or your your concern and your your heart to help, your heart to be involved. Uh, your heart, your heart to be, oh, I I feel your pain. I feel your pain. We want to be involved. We want to get involved. And you, look at these people. You know their background. You know they got money. You think that that is going to bring uh, that your way. That is the selling point. And that has always been a problem. That has always been a problem being for sale. Stop being sold on stuff. Stop being for sale. Stop having a price tag. Stop doing that. And then coming on board with people. And so where you think that you are doing something by bringing them to you, they have brought you to them. And so here it is at the end of the day, who's going to get the biggest sentence? Well, your people that you voted in office is going to make sure you get the longest sentence and the uh, most, uh, uh, Thorough punishment uh, to the extent of the law is what you're going to get while you've aligned yourself with them. And that's the problem. Stop it. We have to, a history is proven. And you know, for those uh, legitimate Caucasians who were really in, like in the 60s, fight and march with King and and things like that, who were legitimate and real about it, you know, God bless y'all. You know, God bless y'all. But at this point, it is a clear point of demarcation, a clear point of division. Not that it has to be a point of of war between us as races. However, there are, are points of demarcation that are clear. And this is a fight that we have to fight ourselves for our own cause and our own purpose. And we can't get involved in your fight. Your fight was generated from another foundation. It was generated from another foundation. So we can't, we can't get involved in your fight. Your fight is your fight. Our fight is our fight. I, I would agree that, that our fight is our fight, right? And see, that's what it is. American black people have to learn to love one another. That's what it is. You so it, American black person could be saying the same thing that these seven Caucasians are saying, but they're saying it to make America better, right? Not talking about death to America and they're not first, second, third, maybe fifth generation here 
and they don't really have any clamp or any any de predestined determination because of their link to the United States. Their predestined destiny has to do with where their people came from in such in, in such a little time compared to us being here for 401 years or going back even further to people that were here that were amalgamated and then called colored. We've talked about that in Nauseam, so we, but you know, I just have to reference it. We have to, my opinion, this is just my opinion, my observations on it. We have to learn to love each other and move forward in our organizations about our purpose and we have to not be so quick to hear something from Caucasians say, oh, you finally understand what we're doing. Well, all you do is just research and find out that this has already happened. This has already happened. This happened in the, it happened in the uh, 2000s. It happened in the 90s. It happened in the 80s. It happened in the 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, 10s. 1800s, 1700s, it's happened already. All you have to do is do the research and you realize that you have to get off the hamster wheel and quit doing the same things. I'm gonna paddle, I'm gonna paddle. Oh, here comes these Caucasians, they love what I'm saying and so I'm going to jump with them or people who are classified as Caucasians. And why are they classified as Caucasians? Because they wanted the Caucasian people who are in government who believe it want to outnumber the American blacks so American blacks can never ascend to the highest offices in the land but you're going to still go with them and then they will go back even these seven some of this is going to fall and it's going to be able to be infiltrated because of the seven right but they're going to be able to go back to their lives for the most part, except for the one in the right-hand corner, I think is my opinion. I think it's Lebanese. We're going to do the names on Sunday, but I think that she's going to get the brunt. She's the bean. Don't spill the beans. Don't spill the beans. Don't spill the beans. You know, that one so, in the up, the one above her looks like she got some Asian in her. Oh, you're saying that she's a happy uh, the one. Yeah, the one that's up above that one, she looks like she has Asian blood. Right. So these people, you know, not to mention that they are, I wouldn't follow them because, in my opinion, they look strange. They're some strange looking people. Like, anybody who thought that the model, the one in the left-hand corner was a model... I mean, to me, these are some strange. She looks like people. a lot of things, but a model ain't one of them. <laughs> she looks like a lot of a lot, things, a lot, a lot, a lot. but a model does not fall in that list. Model does not fall in that list. But I, um, it was something that you said just a second ago about, oh yeah, them returning back to uh, once this stuff is over for them, they can go back to their money. They can redhead. Cause she looks like it's probably uh, her hair is naturally dark. She's gonna dye her hair back to a brunette, and everybody's gonna, you know, second child is gonna cut his hair, and so you you won't be able to not tell who he is. The third one might stay looking the same, like James Dean. 
Um, and then you got the one in the bottom in the middle. He's going to go ahead on and his name is probably Miles or Lars. And he's going to go on and get a regular cut and put on a business suit. And he's going to go to corporate America and he's going to take over daddy's family business. Wait, 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 wait. The dude's name is something like that too. That's what I'm saying. These are you giving him a little too much credit to look like James Dean. Like James Dean wasn't much in my opinion, but to give him James Dean an actor, nah, he could never be that. Look at that. Look, he got damn. He got in my opinion an alien head. He's got that big round head and that Okay, baby New chin. Year, baby New Year, baby, baby New Year. Then. Baby. <laughs> baby new year yeah grab those ears but um go ahead no but the one in the bottom middle i'm not i'm not I've never been so sure about that in my life he's going to that's his natural hair color he's gonna cut it he's gonna make it look real corporate he's gonna throw on that suit and tie and he's going to be sitting in the boardroom taking over daddy's family business. And he looks like his name is Lars or Miles. Uh, some some kind of name like that. Oh. Listen, listen, people. So look. Go back and watch episode. Watch this again. Episode 13. Go all the way back to episode one. We have them linked up in... Uh, on the Crazy on Dion page, they're linked all together. You can go click there and binge watch. We drop a lot of information on this show. Hashtag TFR Podcast Live presents Observations by Crazy D with my special guest host, Tanya M. Congress. Right? Make sure that you smash the follow button on. Uh, our pages, the follow button on the film review, movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast page on FB, uh, Crazon Dion, Tanya M. Congress. Make sure you go over to the Film Review Life channel and smash the subscribe button. Share this video, like this video, let your people know that the information is being disseminated out there to you. As my producer, my wife says, we're like, my sister and I are like the people who bring you the news that you can use five days a week leading into TFR Podcast Live. Hashtag TFR Podcast Live on Sundays at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific, no, excuse me. 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Film Review Life channel. Smash that subscribe button because we drop information about film, how movies, music, culture are a reflection of the society and the politics of the day and how that music and movies represent that culture, right? And then come Watch us Monday through Friday on the various platforms. Periscope, Vimeo, FB, and the Film Review Live channel. Monday through Friday, 9.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific, 12.30 p. 
p.m. Eastern. Hashtag TFR Podcast Live OB. That's observations, right? Because like my producer said, we bring you the information five days a week. We, we cut through all of the noise. You have to be able to cut through the noise like Chuck D's voice used to be able to cut through the noise, the cacophony that made Public Enemy Public Enemy. His voice was able to cut through the cacophony. Two voices cut through the cacophony of the news that is put across to you by media. It's not even news. It's just media. Whatever gets the dollar is what they're about. But we're going to bring you the information that you can use so that you will be informed and you can go and organize well not even organize first you need to go and make your mind state and get off the hamster wheel and get out of that mindset if anyone is training you on how to be to be a good negro you tell them that's not what education is about education is an organized space that informs you and then your natural gifts your natural abilities your natural talents are then able to come forth that's what education is about real education sometimes education is not even in the classroom though in this society you do need 1 through 12 and some college but since Trump got in he went back to vocation as being number one So that means if you get vocation training, then you will be able to do work because he's focusing on infrastructure and rebuilding America in the next four years. All right. That's just, that's just facts. Go, go. Just, that's just facts. That's not pro anything. That's just facts. That's just what it is. 213-943-3350. I see that the, the Antifa, the anti-fascists, are afraid to call in because we dropped all this information. We've exposed what it is. We need to quit being on the hamster wheel. These are failed thoughts, failed thoughts that every time they are foiled every single time. And I believe truly my opinion that these are opinions of people who need to be on fan app. Fan app. Fan app. When you have money and you have power, you have prestige, you have position in society, your position in society, if you want to do something better, push to have American blacks pushed into the highest levels of the highest offices in the land without strings attached. You want to do that? Use your money that way so that using your money and influence to travel into different cities to destroy infrastructure and try to collapse the state like the racist and the uh, people who you feel are, are against what you're talking about, which is free to people who are accelerationists. You're no difference than the accelerationists with your tactics because they want the state to fall too. The mere fact that they go out with masks on 
you know me jelly back is my favorite word the mere fact that they go out with masks on and you're hiding your faces meaning that that means you're not really standing behind the cause you don't want to be identified as a person who's standing for a cause why wouldn't you want to be identified you know and then you're going to you know far as the money is concerned that is I mean you're traveling around and you're doing your thing but you have no you really have no stake in it when you don't show your face so they caught you when they when they catch you they take the mask off so then everybody knows who you are at this point here's the pictures with everybody's faces open and exposed so my thing is i find this to be common and i'm not making a blanket statement but this is an observation just based on what i've looked at over these uh, you know 54 years I look at um, the majority of people who get involved, and I said it earlier, in cults and these militant groups uh, from the Caucasian community, Caucasian groups are people that come from places of money, um, the ones that are able to travel around, either uh, places of affluence or they're on the other opposite end of the extreme where they may be from an extremely poor class of Caucasian people but these that are doing what they're doing it's like you're trying to have some type of establish some type of significance in life because you may have had narcissistic parency when he said when he mentioned fanapt uh, needing to have fanapt I, I you know we make jokes about that that drug but you know ever since I've seen that I'm like you know this is real this is more real and more common than any of us may have thought of before we seen that commercial and so a lot of these people have had narcissistic parents or or, uh, 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 parents that were kind of psycho in the sense all psychopathy is not butchering up people and cutting people like in the horror movies psychopathy is having an extreme non-caring and damaging uh, emotionally damaging a type behavior towards a one person or another group of people and so some of these these people are offspring of those type of parents so they were not considered significant or holding of any place of importance they were just uh people that could be claimed on the taxes and most of the time were a nuisance in their home environment so they wanted to establish some type of significance they all have a way of finding each other it's easy with online Uh, platforms now they all had a way of finding each other so now they're out here destroying stuff and the only thing they're they're saying is for one cause but the only thing they're expressing is their anger and their um their feelings towards their parents or towards people like their parents you know so they're out there getting it off like that and then the same parents that they are expressing and and sending a message to are the same parents money that's going to get them off from those things but you'll find that a lot and many of them they'll serve 18 months uh 12 months something like that because it's going to be deemed that it wasn't all that serious uh what they did uh because they have the right color right then they're going to go some of them are going to go back um you know to their regular lives running daddy's company 
or they inherit the company, some of them are going to go back to uh, doing experimental drugs or recreational drugs and stuff that they were doing. And some are just going to fade off into obscurity. But right now, they have a name. They have a name that they've established for themselves that is not tied to their mom and dad's name. They've established their own way, their own way. Right? And so a lot of times, this, that's what this is about. This is, is this not about fighting a cause that you're going to stand you you're doing it with a mask you're not standing with nothing i'm not going to stand with nobody behind no mask there's no way you're i'm going to go stand with you you got a mask on i'm not masking anything at any time because whatever i choose to do i'm going to do out in the open and you're going to know i'm doing it this mask stuff it's ridiculous and it's non-committed that automatically, when he said that the, the pebble, the, the, the beam there, the, I think the one above her is a beam too, beam too. When you mention that, that is so true because at the end of the day, you were standing with masks on. You're going to fold like a piece of paper. You're going to fold. Fold. No foundation. No, no strength. Jelly bag. <sighs> That's right. Yeah, look. <laughs> People. Smash that cash app, dollar sign TFR Podcast Live, dollar sign TFR Podcast Live. Drop a few dollars on there. You like the information that we're putting across to you. Make sure that you smash that cash app, cash app, dollar sign TFR Podcast Live. Make sure that you go to the Film Review Life channel, the Film Review Life channel on YouTube and Press that subscribe button. Make sure you share and like the videos. Leave your comments. We will read your comments over air, right? Look, people. 9-11, the world trade. 19 years later, we're not talking about terrorism outside of the United States coming to the United States. In our opinion, is terrorism, homegrown terrorism inside the United States being perpetuated on the infrastructure of the United States brought by groups who are, in our opinion, misled anarchists who are doing the same things that the white supremacist, white nationalist groups are doing to bring about accelerationism, the collapse of the state to make an ethno state. And either way, the anarchists or the white nationalists, when you look at it, where do American blacks stand in that? And why would you be a part of that? Why would you be a part of voting for a party that is allowing in Democrat run cities to allow the infrastructure to be destroyed, thinking that it will help them win an election. They have created a monster that will not shut off because the monster is anarchism. And anarchism is about collapsing the state no matter what party is in 
they've made a bargain with devils. The Democrats have. And with Dixies. And we have to, as black people, have to sit this one out and let them fight this civil war out for themselves and find out who wins. Then we can begin to politic to place ourselves at the top influence in the top uh, offices of the land, right? Top positioning in the land. Not just help, not just the help, but the ones making the decisions, right? So we have to understand this and see what we're seeing, what we're doing, and what we will not be aligned with because it just doesn't make any sense Either side is not for us and we're standing in the middle. And when we start talking about reparations, I can tell you those anarchists are saying, well, we're collapsing the state. So the state won't be here. The uh, white nationalists are saying we're collapsing the state through accelerationism. So the state's not going to be here and you don't need to have it anyway. And the anarchists say, yeah, because we were doing it so everybody could be together. So you don't deserve it. And we're going to go back and have our lives and you having and being established and put on the place you're supposed to be kind of impedes on our lives. So you got the quote-unquote, as my sister said, I'm going to call it the poor white trash or white nationalists and the rich whites are anarchists and what are you? You're in the middle. Where are you? You're an egalitarianist. American black. Well, let's be egalitarianists for each other. Let's make our situation American black and egalitarianist for each other we got 10 minutes close up um, you know I was trying to get back to uh, Facebook applause to you uh, for this week you have really shown your behinds uh, whoever uh, is running it um, behind the scenes or whatever you are really you are classic you are in rare form this is this is a uh, applause to you. You've done a show this week because, you know, I'm trying to um, scroll down my timeline and the, the very post that we were talking about, I can't get to it. It's stuck there. It's just spinning in a circle. And it's the next thing I need to get to and I can't get to it, but that's okay. So I had posted a post about us sitting out on this election and I had some various uh, responses and, um, and from one point of view, or from one particular point of view, I can understand the response because the response is, in essence, saying we have to be responsible as Black Americans and go out and do what our predecessors died for and go out and vote and cast our vote. So not in no consideration of anything that you get off of these shows if you didn't have these information this information to refer back to i could understand that comment so and i don't think that many of them have uh tuned into the broadcast so i could understand their point of view and i respect everybody's point of view however um sitting out this vote is not just about sitting out this vote 
It's about everything else that we've been talking about uh, with regards to um, the white nationalists and the anarchists and where we fall in the middle. Uh, let's talk about immigration and all of this stuff that is relative to democratic thought and how we stand in the midst of that. Now, why should we, the same reason why we shouldn't have taken, uh, had part in the first Revolutionary War, we shouldn't have part in this Revolutionary War, or this, this war, Civil War, this Civil War, we shouldn't have had part in the first Civil War. So, because why? We stood to gain nothing from the first one. So there, so what they got with us though, is they got that manpower, they got that uh, intestinal fortitude, they got that mind power. They got that muscle by having us on the front lines with them. However, when it was all said and done, we had gained nothing um, by having participated in that war. That was their war between North and South. That was their war. Uh, having slaves and not having slaves. Trying to keep slavery and, and abolish slavery. That was their war. So here we are again with the great goulash of crap that's staring us in the face. And we're standing there ask, with a bowl and a fork asking you to put spoon some of the goulash in our bowl so we have something to eat. You, we want to hand out. You're not going to get it continuing to do the same thing. You know... God bless y'all. We need to we need to unify and vote and and then bring it down to our local officials. Well, how has that worked out for us so far? How has that been working? And you're saying stay in that mindset. You're saying let's try this one more time and see if we can get something different. That sounds like we need fan app. I am not going to participate if I had to stand by myself and not do it. And even if you didn't think it was going to come, oh, a big deal, you stood by yourself, nothing happened. No, I stand by myself and I can look in the mirror and know that I contributed towards something that was going to be more effective than what's going, what y'all doing. You're going to vote, you're going to go back and you're going to sit there and twiddle your thumbs and play with your lips. Like we need some um, fan app and you're going to wish that they are going to do something. Well, they're going to do something this time. Oh, how much more grateful are they going to be this time than they were four years ago and eight years ago and 16 years ago? How much more grateful you think it's going to change for one reason? What incentive do they have to change? Your vote is not an incentive. Or haven't you noticed? I'm done. I can't. Hashtag TFR Podcast Live OB. Put that in Google. All of the episodes come up. You can watch or listen on your favorite podcast provider. And type in on another search in Google, hashtag TFR Podcast Live, and listen to all of the 
episodes, binge watch the episodes, or listen to them on your favorite podcast provider. We bring information, and information brings about strength and power of your mind because we are about education. Education is the organized space that brings about information that allows the person to bring forth their gifts, their talents, and their ability to organize, mobilize, and organize for American black people. Let's be egalitarian. Look it up, egalitarian for American blacks, for us, for us. Because I could tell you, like we said earlier in the week, Martin Luther King did not die for this. Malcolm did not die for this. Megger Evers did not die for this. Thoroughgood Marshall did not fight and get on and, and be uh, placed on the Supreme Court for this. All of the great American black leadership that did not sell themselves, did not live, exist, and die for what we see happening in the streets right now that we unwittingly place ourselves in as American black people. None of those people died for the right to vote. They died because some white supremacists, nationalists, and unfortunately people, anarchists that were white, did not want to see American blacks advance to the highest levels of American existence and life. Unfortunate, unfortunate. And if you research and just look at his story and how it applies to our story, you will see that. That the anarchists sell you out. The white nationalists shake hands with the white anarchists to sell American blacks out. Smash that hashtag TFR Podcast Live and hashtag TFR Podcast Live OB on the Film Review Live channel. Smash that subscribe button. Share these. Go over to Cash App, dollar sign TFR Podcast Live, dollar sign TFR TFR Podcast Live and drop a few dollars on it because we're bringing you the information unadulterated and we let you decide create your mind state and get out of that mindset of a hamster wheel if I follow if I'm obedient I'm doing they're going to appreciate me no they're not too much history his story too much his story too much our story rolling in the Mississippi M-I, crickleta, crickleta, I, crickleta, crickleta, I, humpback, humpback, I. 
too much history in the Missouri River, too much history in the Great Lakes, too much history in the Atlantic, too much history in the Gulf of Mexico, too much history in the Pacific. We already know what it is. So people, this has been another great week of hashtag TFR podcast live OB. Want to give salute to my co-host, Tanya M. Congress, for doing what she do, bringing it on through. We dropped some information on you, episode 13. This is transition 13. The number 13 is transition number seven. Seven of them, they doing some. they trying to do something like, like some Islamic stuff, right? We'll talk about that in the following weeks. And we are out. We will see you next Monday. There's nothing about Germany why I made the curators pick of the Hollywood French community. Unity, 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 heart, heart, heart. Crazy, crazy, crazy.